What's up, everybody? I'm Jason Diakite, and I'm here as always with my dear brother, co-host, chef with the most, most, Marcus Samuelson. Together, we create this moment, and it's a podcast that connects BIPOC communities across the world through story, music, food, culture, life. Marcus, it's been a while, my brother. How are you? Yeah, man, uh, I'm good, uh, good-ish, uh, could be gooder, <laughs> good <-ish>. but, <laughs> but uh, I want to kick it back to you because you dropped a new single, you uh, hosted a huge uh, music uh, contest, which is a big, big, big deal in Sweden, and uh, I thought you did a hell of a job, but also, you know, tell me about the new single you dropped. Uh, I love this, Marcus. It, it, this is, uh, for all our listeners out there, those that don't haven't had the privilege to hang out with uh, uh, Marcus, is that you, you're an expert at like, no, 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 we're not going to talk about me here. We're going to talk <laughs> about you. <laughs> How are you doing? No, but thank you for asking, Marcus. It was um, uh, for all our uh, non-Swedish, uh, non-Scandinavian listeners, we have this kind of cultural madness called the Melody Festival and directly translated as the Melody Festival. It's a uh, very, very kind of uh, the most uh, popular entertainment TV show in, in, in the Swedish calendar year. Uh, and I, uh, I was the host of, uh, of this show two weeks ago. And, uh, I got to play my new single in that kind of uh, arena, which was uh, very unusual because my kind of apprehensiveness uh, or why I've had so little respect for Melody Festival and in my life is that I, you know, I'll be honest about it to say the music sounds like shit to me, you know, and I think it also reduces music to being uh, hollow, uh, not meaning anything other than being popular winning the competition, you know, being played. It's, it's, it makes music nothing more than, you know, a hit. Or what's good about music is that if it becomes popular, it reduces music to just its hit potential and not to uh, artistic intention and so forth. Anyway, I thought I'd step into that competition, into that space, and claim it a little bit. So I went in there and uh, my dear sister, Mape, who's a very talented um, artist with uh, African-American or from with African and American roots, uh, but living in Sweden, uh, did a song called Viva together, a pretty melancholy love song and uh, set to a beautiful beat produced by my, my brothers, Chords and Colen. And yeah, we did our thing. No, but I think I, as a viewer, I take a couple of other steps to it. This is as big, and you got to took it all in proportions, right? This is as big, basically, as the Super Bowl in America. This is something where mm -hmm. get mm -hmm. your get your candy, eight o'clock Saturday, you know, get your popcorns, you know, everyone is watching it, especially like when you're growing up as a kid. I think what you guys did by also introducing hip hop to it 
it just made it fresher. You refreshed it, and it's a hello uh, to this music. It obviously doesn't speak to me, right? And doesn't speak to you, and doesn't speak to a lot of people. But it does speak to a tradition. And I just think that you guys did the best with that, and you brought it in. And also, big shout out. Uh, wasn't she like eight and a half months pregnant? She gave birth six days after the TV show. So she now has a healthy son. She's doing well. Yeah. That to me says it all. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's you know, Congrats. that's that's true genius. No, no, definitely. And, you know, I, I, I'll say that, too. I was happy. I was uh, so this this uh, Melody Festival and is done. It's it's six weeks long. And every Saturday for six weeks, they do one part of the competition. And uh, this was definitely the most melanated episode. Uh, one of the winners uh, is uh, his name is Tusa. He he came to Sweden as a child from the Congo. Uh, his life story was amazing. He did a really strong song that everybody thinks is going to win the entire comp- uh, competition. Bup, 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 bup. Um, We've been there before. Sa- We've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> Sabina Dumba, who's another very talented uh, singer. Uh, performed a song, and then I did two uh, songs, one together with Mape. So, so we definitely represented the Afro-Swedish uh, community in this. Sabine so, also oh, Swedish, also um, oh, Swedish context. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's just I feel a little bit, Marcus, like, uh, and that's also the reason why I said. Yes, you know, they've asked me many, many times before to come and be a part of this this competition, this TV show. And I've always said no, because I've also always had a lot of other options and things that I rather invest my time in. But now I have very little options in, you know, if I want to perform in front of an audience. Well, you know, this is one of the few opportunities to do it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, in America, we had, we didn't have the same, but it was February, which means it's Black History Month all the time, every day, every single moment. And as we go from transition from Black History Month to Women's Month, you know, what I think it's amazing about Black History Month still, right, there's so much you can learn. You know, what I think what my, my chef community has been doing a really good job at now through social media, especially shout out to Chef Eduardo Jordan and and chefs like that, that are, you know, February becomes really an incredible gathering of content and new information. So, 
you know, there's a lot of stuff. Like, we're digging deeper. Like, we're looking back at chefs that were completely anonymous but did a lot of work, right? They're, you know, so it's been... It's been an amazing time for Black Chef to reconnect. We've done a lot this month. I've done a lot of connectivities with my with my uh, Black Chef friends that, you know, it doesn't have to be February. Obviously, with my book, The Rise, I've been, you know, broadcasting Black Chefs and talking to Black, my, my brothers and sisters for, for a long time. But it becomes a focal point. And my, uh, my friend... Uh, Eduardo Jordan did something called Soul of Seattle, which was a great, uh, like a mini festival actually online, where he gathered black chefs from around um, the country, uh, obviously virtually a bit, but, you know, and, and also big shout out, like, you know, this moment, we were traveling uh, this, this, this month, you know, we were able to be on South by Southwest, which is a big festival, for example. And, uh, you know, I hope, that as a black person, that the conversation around us is not just limited to February, but as you know, Jason, very well, these history months are huge. You know, Women's Month is coming up now, and we're going to focus a little bit about that as well. So they do, they do bring in a focus, and hopefully one day. What do you think, Jason? Do you think the goal for these months is to disappear so we don't We've achieved so much that they're not needed anymore. Or are you on the camp of we need them and they're positive? Where you know what's your thoughts? I mean, for the for the foreseeable future, they're definitely needed. You know, I mean, probably for the course of our lives, they'll be needed. But of course, the ultimate goal is that we don't have to, you know, elbow our way into uh, shining a light on the issues that matter to us. I hate to say it, but, you know, February is also the shortest month in the calendar year. So it's, you know, already there. I see a little, you know, I might want to move it to like July or, uh, or you know, October or something too. October is a long month. Why not give us that too? And speaking of Black History Month, somebody, somebody got it in there for Black History Month. Well, I mean, I feel like, obviously, <laughs> you from Scorn and Malmö, uh, oh don't, so don't, no no no! This so is where clearly, I have to step put off this the on chain. This, is, this clearly <laughs> is close to. Okay, okay. So we got to get to the big. We got to get to the big issue, and the big issue right now that we need to really dig into is that the fact that Slatan fired some shots at LeBron James. I'm sure you all know by now what he said, but let's play that clip again for those who haven't heard it. Yeah, I liked a lot, and uh, I mean, he's a phenomenal in what he's doing. But I don't like when people, when they have a, they, some kind of status, and they go in and they do politics at the same time what they're doing. I mean, do what you're good at. Do the category you do. I play football because I'm the best in playing football. I don't do politics. If I would be a political politician, I would do politics. That is the first mistake people do when they become famous and they come in a certain st uh, status. Stay out of it. Just do what you're best at because it doesn't look good. So can I just tell you, like, I have a theory about this. Besides, besides you guys come from the same city. <laughs> besides besides uh, that you guys come I from the same city. I couldn't believe it, uh, No, honestly. Here, here's really what I think, right? Um, first of all, yeah. Um, I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. 
Slatan mm-hmm. has done tremendously for integration, the quest- questions of integration, and bringing up all kinds of questions around racism and isms in Sweden. And he did it in a time where Sweden really needed it, going through the early 2000s into the 2010s. And he really was an example, coming back from Italy or from France, wherever he played, always went to Rosengård, built his, his um, tight-knit with the community, and really made, I think, Sweden hold up a mirror against itself. You know, uh, the name Ibrahimovic coming out of Sweden uh, really put a big question mark about who can be Swedish, who can claim it out there in the world. And it was an important thing. That was so interesting, or that was what was so monumental about Slatan's contribution was the fact that he had a Muslim last name, his parents were immigrants, and then he not only excelled, he was... He, he was excellent to a degree which Sweden has never had a footballer as great as Slatan Ibrahimovic. And he played for the national team. You know, when he scored a goal, all of Sweden jumped out of their couches, jumped out of their chairs, and were shouting and screaming and, and super happy. So he was undeniable. His contribution was undeniable. Yet and still, you've had, you know these situations where he's received enormous blowback in a way that the other white Swedish players have not. So I agree with you. We will give Slatan that. Nobody can take that away from Slatan. No, absolutely. And I do think that we're in a small country, right? And you have to acknowledge that Slatan is essentially a LeBron in, you know, he is mm, a big spokesperson for I don't a lot agree. of people. No, but in, I a don't sense agree. Of, in, in a sense of sports, there's like, you know, when you come from a big country, America has many, many stars. But Slatan becomes kind of like, you don't even say the last name. You just say Slatan, right, in mm. Sweden. And then every Swedish person has an opinion and knows. Just the way you can say LeBron and everybody in America knows. And it's different when you come from a small country. Here is what, what, what I think Slatan went completely left. And it's many, many things, right? First and foremost, he's always said, that his biggest idol was Muhammad Ali, right? Because Muhammad Ali was a big athlete, amazing athlete, but also changed the narrative of what an athlete in terms of politics and taking a stand. Muhammad Ali sat in jail for three years for refusing to go to Vietnam and was a leader, it was part of leading through the civil rights movement. Muhammad Ali was an amazing boxer, but also an incredible a contributor to the civil rights movement and a spokesperson for that in many ways, in many ways, right? And Slatan mm-hmm. has always said, my biggest hero is Muhammad Ali. Check. So that's one thing. Number two, it's so clear to me that Slatan feels like he's fading in the news and Slatan <laughs> can't really punch up to a lot of people in, in sports. Just maybe mm-hmm. like 15, 20 people in the world that actually are Bigger than Slatan. That's not a lot. And I'm talking many mm-hmm. sports, right? You know, so there's maybe Messi and Ronaldo in soccer. <laughs> he could fire some shots at Ronaldo, maybe. but Yeah, know. of course. But that's too but easy. So, I think it's too easy. It's too easy. He, <laughs> so he's looking to punch up. And this very often mm. happens with athletes as they're fading, right? The mm. fact that Slatan at 39 is playing in Milano, it's incredible. It's incredible. It is. But it is. And scoring not, goals and taking and them to goals. the European Championships. Yes. Amazing, amazing. But he's not 
always there in terms of what it was 10 years ago in terms of news streams. And the other thing what this is also linked to is Slatan is going to go to San Remo and do a performance, non-soccer performance, but he has a huge performance on stage. So this is an opportunity for Slatan to really like, I'm going to be in the news. He just picked the wrong guy and he's clearly highly exactly. confused. He exactly. has no clue what he talks about. But I do think it opened up a completely different bucket. In Sweden, all immigrants we have what we call, which is very unique and it's kind of like a word, we have, you know, we have sort of generationally what you would call black there. And then you would have what is black issues, right? So there's a, there is a lot of issues that lays over, but then there's also different buckets. And the arrogance, of Slata to not even, he doesn't have a clue what LeBron does for social justice and how powerful traditionally African-American issues and black people's issues globally has always been fought through entertainment, pressure on the politicians, but all through through athletes. So Mm -hmm. when you don't know about anything, and you're going to try to punch up against the biggest athlete in the world, Slatan. This is the reflection of you that you're really searching for to get some some hype. And it's sad because you don't need to do that. You're such a mm-hmm. good soccer player. You're such a good icon. Do it on the pitch. You don't have to punch up against LeBron. It looks desperate. No, I, I totally agree. But there's a very major difference between Slatan and LeBron. Uh, they're both uh, phenomenal athletes in their fields and their respective you know, countries where they've been working. But LeBron has, for a long time, been outspoken about social issues, you know, has, has used his platform to speak about social issues. The main way that Slatan has benefited other non-white, non-European uh, uh, Swedes is through example. He has very rarely been outspoken about it. He has mentioned that he has experienced racism from the Swedish press or in the Swedish national team or from fans in different uh, you know, countries that he's played. But he's, I have never, to my mind anyway, seen Slatan go out and speak about you know, the situation in Sweden on a broader scale and social issues in Sweden on a broader scale. Uh, so it's interesting. I, I didn't know that, that Slatan's biggest uh, hero or one of his big heroes was Muhammad Ali, because if there's one thing that Muhammad Ali besides, you know, outside of the ring excelled at was not only being outspoken, but of course being brilliant at speaking of, not only social issues, but the situa- situation for his people. And this is where we come to one of, my, uh, one of my big beefs with the way Slatan is approaching this. You know, Slatan even fired some shots back at LeBron because LeBron had this to say. You know, I would never uh, shut up about things that's, um, that's wrong. Um, I, I preach about my people and I preach about, uh, you know, equality, um, social injustice, racism, um, you know, systematic uh, uh, voting, uh, voter suppression, um, things that go on in our community 
um, because I was a part of my community at one point and seeing the things that was going on. And I know that, you know, what's going on still because I have a, a group of uh, 300 plus kids at my school that's going through the same thing and they need a, a voice. Um, um, and I'm their voice. I'm their voice and I use my platform to continue to shed light on everything that may be going on, not only in my community, but around the, uh, you know, this country and around the world. So, um, you know, if, if, if there's no reason, uh, well, no, I won't say no reason, but there's no way uh, I will ever just stick to sports because I understand how, um, you know, how this platform and how powerful my voice is. My hat's off to LeBron. It already was off to LeBron, but he's totally right. I'm, I'm totally on uh, with him on this. But Slatan fired some shots back and I quote, our role is to unite the world by doing what we do best. Athletes should be athletes and politicians should do politics. Now, my first beef with that statement is looking at social issues as politics and equating those two. These are human rights issues. This goes beyond politics. What, you know, what LeBron is doing or what Slatan claims LeBron is doing that he shouldn't be doing is standing up for people like Slatan's own mom and dad. But in the United States and in today, you know, uh, the lack of Slatan's solidarity with people of color, non-European immigrant populations in Sweden is, a sh is shameful. And for him to equate that with politicians should be politicians, Athletes should be athletes. I mean, already there, he's disqualified. You know what? Slatan, that's a red card. You're off the pitch. You know, you can come. It doesn't mean you can never come back on the pitch. But just for now, you're sent off the game. You know, we don't yeah. need you in the game right now. It's yeah. a red card directly. It's not a yellow card. Nah. It's a red card. You know, I just think it's a trap. I mean, for me, it's very, very sad, actually, because uh, like I said, if I think about an athlete that has bringing Sweden and United Sweden brought us joy so many times, it is Latan in terms of entertainment value. And now, you know, he's sort of in the tail end of his career and he's just grasping for attention. You know, he was, he's, he's uneducated. You know, we can love Slatan on the soccer pitch, but he's completely out to lunch. He's completely uneducated. And also, do I add to say, he's speaking from a highly privileged European. Slatan is not even rich anymore. Slatan is wealthy. So he's now mm. speaking from a highly uh, bubble. Doesn't mean that LeBron is not wealthy. Of course he is. But LeBron's well, he's work, using his platform. what pulls him back? Exactly. I mean, the school he set up in Akron, for example, for the 300 students. You know, I mean, if you think about historically what LeBron has done, not only speaking about, but also paying the wave, and putting where his money where his worth is, and that is super powerful. You can't mm. even hold, you can't even have the same conversation between Slatan and LeBron on social justice issues. It's not even like it is like a ridiculous comparison, you know. So I mean, don't don't, you know, you like it is to, this. Yeah, this is clearly Slatan knows what he's doing, by the way. And he knows his goal with this was to get he, attention and back in the news. His yeah. goal was to get Twitter followers up. And the fact that you are so skilled on a soccer pitch, you're given so much. You don't have to, bro. You just play no, to score. you don't have to, and, man. And you don't have to you do know, this. You could also just stick to selling underwear and perfume and whatever else, you know. Um, but if you're going to speak out, say something positive, uplift, contribute. Yeah, uh, and the, the silence, the other side of shots, this. Ignorant sheep shots at people yeah, that are actually and, doing things. 
Yeah, and the silence part problem with I have with Slatan's conversation mm-hmm. is exactly. first of all, and this this is a huge problem. This is the second part of this, right? Just like soccer, you play offense and you play defense. Equally important, right? What now happens is that comment, that quote, is now fundamentally part of vocabulary in Sweden around athletes around Europe, right? Mm-hmm. So now people are just saying, hey, just keep to sports or don't get involved in politics. That's not going to get, you know how something becomes news, like Trump became news, and then it's mm-hmm. essentially the needle was moved or what was acceptance in terms of isms. Same thing here. We didn't need that, right? There's enough issues for black and BIPOC people. There's enough in terms of divisiveness in, with, in, in, in Europe, in terms of inclusion, and not just in Europe, in America. And, you know, you, if you wanted to have that dialogue with LeBron, call him up. Mm-hmm. Get one of your people on the phone and say, have a behind-the-closed-door conversation about it. If you actually wanted to talk about LeBron yeah, yeah, about yeah. it, no, but there I, are I 50 different ways you could do good at You're totally right. He did a Donald Trump. Like, he's not getting enough attention, so he's going to say some outrageous shit that, you know, no matter how ignorant it is, is going to get the attention. And he did succeed at that. He got attention. Maybe got his Twitter, you know, feed up. The press was calling him. He was a headline in the BBC. Um, But, you know, imagine if you just cooked, Marcus. Or I Mm. just rapped. You know, because rappers should should just rap and, and... you know, stay out of what he calls politics. And you should definitely just cook, Marcus. Like, stay in the kitchen. Man. Don't, don't step out and start talking about issues. Like, it's, it's so disconnected from, you know, no matter if you're a chef, if you're a football player, if you're a rapper, if you're a nurse, if you're a teacher, you're still living within a society. It's just, it, it goes back to a very old kind of ignorance that you do this, you should stick to this. You shouldn't break out of your field and talk about other things. What do you mean? I'm a cook. Of, as a cook and somebody who runs a restaurant, you, of course, see what goes out, what goes on with your guests in the restaurant, in the street outside the restaurant. Yeah, of course, Obviously. it's my responsibility Obviously. to kick that door open. You know, it's my responsibility to kick that door open and to make more people that are of color get an opportunity and all of that stuff. So it's not even like an issue. For me, it's actually really, really sad. And we might start, this might, I don't think it's the beginning of a spiral. There's been a lot of small things that Slatan has done in the end, you know, towards his career that for me, it was like, mm, you don't actually need to grab that, but he's doing it. And I haven't said a word. I'm not watching it. Right. And, and it's been like, Slatan the character and Slatan the soccer player, right? As a soccer player, I think it's a phenomenon. Even now what he's doing at 39, doing this again, it's amazing, right? He's done it for 20 years. He's giving us a lot of things. And, you know, by the way, he's always knew that it's a million sweets, not the 10 million. It's a million sweets that has an immigrant background that adores Slatan beyond anything, right? He's done it in Italy. He's done it in France. He's done it in England. Everywhere in Italy, right? So my point is, you don't have to do this. And for me, it's a little bit in his narcissistic side, right? He can't see outside that bubble. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back there in their news again. And, uh, you know, it, it's sad, man. I have, so much, I, I have so much respect for what he could have added to the dialogue of, of inclusion because it's an important part of that. Could have been an important part of that. Yeah. But this was many steps back 
a very important and and I have defended I've defended Slatan so many times and used him as an example so many times you know when the when the leader of the the party that we don't mention uh said that uh when when a when a reporter asked him if uh he considered Slatan Swedish he said no he doesn't consider him Swedish because he doesn't consider him culturally Swedish um so Slatan by example has done a lot, you know, with his achievements because as somebody with a Muslim last name, as somebody with a with a clear immigrant identity, part with that exceptional excellence that he has proved on the pitch, he's been undeniable. Like they can't take his achievements away from him. But a lot of statues, in fact, I can't think of one single statue in Sweden raised of a person with a Muslim last name or with, uh, with skin other than white. Now, Slatan, because of his contributions to his mother club and his hometown of Malmo, uh, they put up a statue of Slatan. October 19, the statue came up. After having uh, inaugurated the statue uh, in Malmo, now this is the only, stat- this is the only Muslim statue in Sweden. The only immigrant statue that I can think of in the entire country. He gets a, he, you know, finally he gets a statue put up by him. He should have that statue 10 years ago, first of all. Um, then he goes and, and he buys 30% of another soccer club. So the competing club. So the Malmo soccer fans go bananas. They go, you know, they go, they go crazy. And one of the first things that happened, so they attacked the statue, is that they start spraying racist things on the statue and around the statue. They cut the nose off of the statue, which of course has historical connotations to, you know, uh, Napoleon hit the nose off the Sphinx. Um, they, they, they attacked the statue from a racist standpoint. And after three months, the statue was taken down. You know, and to me, I use that as an example so many times when this was going on. And the way the media covered what happened, you know, it would say, headlines would read, Kaksige Slatan, blah, 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 blah. Slatan is always, the media has treated him with a much more disrespectful tone than they have other white uh, soccer players, in my mind, football players. After three months, the statue was taken down. So this symbol of kind of, uh, of honor and that we will remember your contribution for generations to come. It only lasted three months. I ask you, if it were uh, Sven Svensson, the most Swedish person, uh, and they would have put a statue up of him, would that have come down within three months? No, I don't think so, because that race, racist connotation isn't there. And that's what makes me sad. I feel... I feel that this is one of the most tragic examples because of the importance that Slatan uh, and the inspiration that he is that he has uh, been to so many immigrants in this country. It is very, very I, unfortunate that we lose him in this way. I, I, I don't. I, I just feel like it shows two things. Um, you can. We're very complex as human beings. And you can be great at something and you can be totally ignorant in something else, right? Absolutely. So he's actually, you know, you no, go back to that traditional. No, but you go back mm. to that traditional, 
you know, commercial with Charles Barkley back in the uh, early 2000s where he said, I'm not a role model, right? For me, I don't, you know, this statement, you know, I don't look at, I don't look at Zlatan as somebody that Zion, my son, should look like as, as a role model. Do you know what I mean? I look at, I want to show him clips back in the day and said, here's a person that showed what Sweden could look like, the otherism that has been so big, and we can enjoy that as father-son, and it can be great memories. But, mm. you know, what's very upsetting to me is there is, a, there is now an opening door there's a standardization and normalization of what people across Europe now going to say, like, hey, uh, silently, a lot of people are going to just say, hey, uh, don't be in politics or something like that, right? And you know that's just going to creep in, right? Mm -hmm. And it starts mm -hmm. somewhere. And I just feel like this is a very a big missed opportunity uh, because, A, Without people that have massive influences, whether it's through social media or other connectivity, we wouldn't know about a lot of these issues. We wouldn't broadcast this if people wouldn't jump in and broadcast tough situations. And, you know, LeBron has been an amazing, amazing role model. That, but also LeBron stands on the shoulder of amazing African-American uh, sports and activists, you know, going back to, uh, you know, the traditions, you know, you, you think about what Jackie Robinson's that broke, that broke, so the color code in, in baseball, but then also you, you, you think about the traditions of black athletes that constantly, Arthur Ashe, you know, mm. you think about what Serena Williams has done to change mm. what tennis can look like. You think about so many sports where black athletes and then taking social issues and taking a stand and then broadcast it to a much, much, much bigger audience, right? Mm. On so many different issues. So yeah, uh, I think of, I think of you Tommy know, Smith and John Carlos mm, at the 90, 1968 Olympics and the price they paid for raising the Black Power salute. If it weren't for chefs, athletes, uh, nurses, rappers, singers, guitar players, you know, uh, mattress makers and uh, uh, gardeners speaking out about uh, social issues, the needle would not have moved one bit. Uh, and that's no, where I land. I agree you with know? you. I agree with you. In soccer, you get a red card and you can come back in a couple of days, you know, slap that. We'll I see. hope also he you know? learns from this. That's actually my... Because that statement for me, it speaks highly of the bubble and ignorance and you're missing kind of mm. out what's happening in the world. And I actually mm. hope that he takes a moment here, whether he's going to do that publicly or privately, say, hey, man, I was off base there. It happens mm. all the time. Uh, we make mistakes constantly and there is a human side here. Like this is what he stepped into mud and just be big enough to say, man, own it. I was wrong about it. Own it. Exactly. Own it. I'm going to yeah. take a step back and apologize. Mm. I actually didn't know what I was talking about. And I admire what LeBron is doing. Uh, or just own it because you're, you're out to lunch here. You know, uh, mm -hmm. we, like I said, thank you for the 20 years of excellence and, and laughter and everything you've done. <laughs> but this, yeah. you just thought you, you're just wrong. You happen to be on the wrong side of this. That's all. Mm. There you go. And I, I want to throw it out to all you dear listeners, all our dear listeners. 
we want to hear from you. What are your opinions, uh, especially on this very kind of uh, charged topic that we're talking about today? And the reason it's charged is because Slatan has meant a lot to us. Uh, shoot us a message or a 30 second voice note to this moment podcast at gmail.com. That's this moment podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about it. We've already given him the red card. Uh, does he come back next game or does he have to sit out the whole championship? I don't know. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But Marcus, what else are you seeing in the news? What else has caught you? Well, you know, for, for me, it's really uh, COVID, right? We, we passed a couple of milestones. We, 500,000 Americans have passed, which is a humongous milestone. We now have had 50 million Americans on the positive news of getting the vaccine. I'm getting the vaccine tomorrow, my second shot, for example. As restaurant workers, we are allowed to get that second shot which I'm, you know, feel very privileged and excited about, right? So the milestones, and then this third milestone that is super important now is that um, there's going to be a big bag ba battle in Congress now, $1.9 trillion uh, in relief package. So now they're going to go back and forth if that's going to come through. If it comes through, which I really hope it does, it will be game-changing for families in need 
and in so many different industries, right? So this is also Joe Biden's first major, major, major push for something, right? To get that $1.9 trillion relief package. If you take take that in comparison, when the financial um, downturn happened in 2008-2009, President Obama's and Vice President Biden's then package, relief package then, was 800 million plus, 800 billion plus. And the biggest mistake they did with that was that this was too small. And obviously the Republicans here wants to do, you know, their proposal was $600 billion plus package here. And the Democrats say, no, we're going to go 1.9. So in the Democrat side, it is make it big so we don't have to come back here again. And this is the third relief package, right, starting out um, uh, in, in a year. And we need it. America right now, just like in many places in the world, is hurting. It's obviously hurting the poorest the most. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this relief package because we need it. And so on my phone just now uh, popped up a notification. And I just found out that Bunny Whaler passed away, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, wow. so I just thought I'd uh, let you know about that one. That's, of course, a, a, a titan, you know. This is one of the original whalers. This is, you know, the, 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 the linchpin of the whalers, the, the hub of the whalers that brought, I would say, Jamaican music, reggae music um, to the world. And, you know, without a Bunny Whaler, really no Bob Marley in that sense. You know, one of the founding members of the band. Uh, uh, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Marcus, but they were just the Whalers first. And I think it was Chris Blackwell who was like, well, let's lift out Bob and said Bob Marley and the Whalers. Nevertheless, we, you know, we salute the, the immense contribution to human culture that uh, Bunny Whaler has provided. You know, some of the most beautiful music that I know, you know. Amazing, amazing. And, you know, they started off really as a ska band and rock steady band, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually they went into what we now know as reggae and they were going back and forth in terms sonically how they want to, like all bands, like Jason, you know this much better than me. Uh, but um, Whaler is one of those things that you, if you hear the name Whaler, you think about Bob Marley and the Whalers. You think about reggae. You think about Jamaica out in the world. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You think about mm-hmm. what Bob Marley and the Whalers uh, really um presented out to the world, right? It mm-hmm. is right away you think about Jamaica, you think about incredible music and beats, but you also think about the incredible struggles and storytelling that, uh, and talk about, we talked about, maybe that's what we should do in that uh, red card room. Maybe we should give Slatan a Bob Marley and the Whalers collection. So as he's sitting this one out, mm-hmm. listen to uh, because if Bob Marley and the Whalers would only uh, perform, if they would not bring in narrative of politics and mm. looking out for um, they definitely people didn't that stick were to just music. <laughs> no, I mean Bob, did, Bob didn't so. stay in in his lane. No way, man. 
and neither did Bunny Whaler. But this also means, Marcus, that of, you know, Peter Tosh uh, died in 87, Bob passed in 81, and now Bunny Whaler. And I'm also surprised to learn that he was only 73. I would have thought he was, uh, I would have thought he was older, but uh, he was obviously very young when, when they, when they, uh, when they broke out, when they made it big, you know. Yeah, they were all around the same age. You know, Bob was 70, would have been 76 this year. He was 75 last year. Mm. So, you know, they were all pretty much generationally the same. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's a big loss. But I do think that's our pardoning gift for Slatan. I would say a little bit of, and all the stuff that I know that pop culture that I know that Slatan is into mm-hmm. would have been not the same. You know, there would have been Tupac without mixing politics and Dang. music. There wouldn't have been yeah. a Bob Marley, you know. There wouldn't have been a Marvin Gaye. There would mm-hmm. not have been a Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. without that. And with the list goes on and on and on, right? So please, guys, please. But he'd be back, you know, as a sweet, I always got to be like, you know what? Let's keep that door a little bit open because this is not, you, you know, you don't We'll see how it plays out, brother. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. This is This Moment. Follow us on Instagram at This Moment Podcast. And uh, check out my new single, Viva. And if you haven't, pick up Marcus's book, The Rise. There's a coconut dressing in there that I, you know, that's the, you know, that that's that's been the reoccurring hit in my household. You know, I've learned a lot. Uh, as far as I never had egg yolks in my dressing before, now I do, you know. So these constant improvements are happening. I'm not staying in my lane, getting in the kitchen, getting yes. into Marcus's business. Still have to get you on the mic, Marcus, but that's coming up. That's coming up. <laughs> that comes up. That is related to this great music, to be living and to be setting an example as one that he is here as one that sets an example to be making sure that my brothers, sisters, friends and families hold on to what I know is good for them as we go forward. Never, never knew that the time would come when every man got to find where he does come from. Black heart. Never, never knew big that time. the time would come when every pig must find its big tree. Jump little pigs into your tree. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.